If it's 6 p.m. on a Thursday, that means it's time for Lehigh Valley Discourse here on WDIY 88.1 FM, WDIY.org, and our WDIY app. And we start off with Perspectives with John Pierce. I have two guests who are going to speak to us this evening about refugees. And it's a big question around the world, we know. Jessica Entwistle is director of the Refugee Community Center in Allentown. And Kate Woodward is resettlement director from Bethany Christian Services, also in Allentown. So, Jessica, let's start off with uh, asking you, about a little bit about your background. What got you interested in the whole area of refugees? Thanks. Thanks for having me. I worked with refugee populations right out of college. I worked for an organization called World Relief that does resettlement the same way Bethany Christian Services does. And I did case management for them at their national office. So that was my first exposure to refugees. And I got to work hands-on with a lot of people, especially a group called the Sudanese Lost Boys. That was the early 2000s. And it just caught my heart. (laughs) And from there on out, I've always, every community I've lived in, I've tried to volunteer and help out and be involved with refugees in that community. Right. And now you're on staff. Yep. Yep. And now I'm getting paid to do that, which is lovely. (laughs) Great. Mm -hmm. And for Kate, how about you? After I went to law school, I worked for the federal government, and my focus was in international development, where we looked at many different populations, including refugee populations that were escaping war, famine, climate disaster, and other forms of insecurity. Several years had passed. I raised a family, and I got very involved with refugee matters through my church. I decided this was something I wanted to do and felt I could have a bigger impact through a nonprofit than as an attorney. And I found a wonderful place with Bethany Christian Services Refugee Resettlement Program. Wonderful. And as I was preparing for this interview, I went right to the term immigration. And when we were chatting off the air here, I got shot down right away by Kate (laughs) saying, we are not going to talk about immigration. But Kate, aren't refugees immigrants somewhere? The term refugee is a legal term. There are terms like refugee, asylee, parolee, and they are all different legal designations. Each one of them means a different form of legal status within the United States in terms of pathway to citizenship, in terms of the length of benefits that individual or family would receive. So um, it's important to make those distinctions. We often, when speaking to groups of people, use the general term refugees, but in fact, they are separate legal distinctions. That's interesting. Sometimes it might be difficult to distinguish between a refugee and some of these other categories that you're talking about. A good example uh, would be the fall of 2021 after Afghanistan fell. 
most of the Afghans that were airlifted to the United States and other countries that formed bases on which these airlifted Afghans lived, they were not refugees. They were what are called humanitarian parolees. And under that legal designation, they are actually only allowed to stay in the United States for two years. And uh, many advocacy groups and many members of Congress are working very hard to get them through asylum claims so that they actually can remain in the United States. All these things that I didn't know, the, the, <laughs> the ins and outs of what is a refugee. Now, there's something called World Refugee Day, right? Mm -hmm. It's coming up on June 20th. Okay. It's an international. So, so it's international. Mm-hmm. And so the U.S. participates in that. Mm -hmm. Are people going to be aware? How Are there any celebrations? or? Mm -hmm. So the reason for the celebration is to grow awareness about refugees and the plight of refugees around the world. So we are celebrating in Allentown. Uh, the Refugee Center is right next to West Park on West Turner Street. And we are going to have a celebration in our front lawn on June 20th just to celebrate and create more awareness about all the people in the Lehigh Valley that are here as refugees and also all the people that volunteer and help out and contribute to welcoming those people when so they come. So you're going to be out there asking media to be present, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yes. We'd we're, love we're going to look for that on television <laughs> as well as radio. Yeah. So that's World Refugee Day, June 20th. June 20th, yep. Okay. And if people want to find out more about that, where would they go? Well, we will put it up on our website, which is episcopalmediator.org backslash refugee. Uh, and we'll probably advertise it in some other places, too, locally. Very good. How about uh, refugee populations here in the Lehigh Valley? What can you tell us about that? The Lehigh Valley is a thriving community of different populations of refugees and parolees. We have welcomed people from Afghanistan, Ukraine, the Democratic Republic of Congo, from Burma, from Syria, from Central America, you name it. There are communities that are thriving here in the Lehigh Valley who began as refugees. Um, Bethany Christian Services works very closely with churches, synagogues, mosques to help bridge the gap in terms of providing services for these new members of our community so that they can get on their feet. We provide housing and we get them to work as quickly as possible. But these other faith organizations really provide the glue towards getting people involved in communities and helping them with other things that they need. So the whole community really gets involved with welcoming new families to the Lehigh Valley. And so one of the big issues for refugees trying to settle somewhere is obviously housing. Another one would be transportation. Transportation to do what? Uh, transportation to get to employment. Mm -hmm. So we have employment specialists who practice taking the bus with new employees to their new job sites. Oh, that's interesting. Or, for example, we have carpools where one of our big employers is Lehigh Valley Health Network. So we might have a car full of guys who every day who work a certain shift, they take a car 
They may split the cost of the car and the gas, and they all ride together to that shift. So these are refugees mm-hmm. who, who are going to work. And in this case that you're describing, would go to the same place to work or yep. are they different stops along the way? The same place. Same place. We have very good relationships with particular employers that we've cultivated. Clearly, many refugees who come to the United States do not speak English. This is where Jess comes in because her organization is really devoted or one of the ways it's devoted is to taking non-English speakers and teaching them English. All right, Jessica, let's move on to that topic, which is really interesting to me, and that is uh, language teaching. Mm -hmm. So does it take place at the church where your office is, or how is that done? Yeah, it does. So we have classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week, and we have a rolling admission because refugees arrive on a rolling basis, so people don't register, and we try to take a trauma-informed approach. So like Kate mentioned, these people um, being called a refugee and getting the benefits of being a refugee in the U.S. is a legal status that's given by the U.N., often overseas. It's a long process for people. So like like in recent news, people are leaving the Ukraine and going to Poland, for instance. If they want to pursue refugee status, they often have to wait in Poland for years for interviews and things like that with the UN, and then they're granted refugee status. In are, the U.S.? Well, they're granted refugee status in Poland, for instance, mm-hmm. and then the worst of those cases are granted resettlement. So that's maybe 1% of the refugee population internationally is granted resettlement in a third country. So those are the refugees we see here in the U.S., and they have often been in camps or second countries for a number of years. Some of them have learned a little bit of English. Some of them have had cultural orientations and know a little bit about where they're going to be resettled. They don't choose. They're allowed to say, I'd like to go to the U.S. because I have family there, but the U.N. decides where they go, where they resettle. So when we get them here, some of them speak very good English and can take off in a job very quickly, and others need a little bit of help. But often they're dealing with trauma, so we try to take a what we call a trauma-informed approach with ESL. So that means some little things like not requiring registration so they're not penalized for missing class. We take a break in the middle of class just to give people's minds and hearts a little breather and so they can get to know other friends and people, refugees that have been here previously to them and create relationships where they can share resources and just camaraderie even. And then we also offer citizenship classes after ESL and uh, we do a preschool registration program at the same time so women with young children can come to class. So ESL, mm-hmm. English as a second language. Yes, yes. Those are those courses that you offer. Yep. Tuesdays and Thursdays wh- mm-hmm. at what time? 9.30 to 11.30. A.M. A.M. And then we have that little preschool readiness program alongside of it so people can bring their kids with them. So yeah. some of these problems that refugees encounter and mm-hmm. so you're chipping away at it yeah. and helping them get settled here in the Lehigh Valley. And that's the other thing about the Refugee Community Center. I have about 40 volunteers that come and go from, you know, time to time and help out. But they're, they're teaching ESL and doing those things formally, but also things come up along the way like they do at Bethany, just case management even kind of things. People come in with paper mail that they didn't understand and they need help looking at or... Oh, I can't think of another example. 
<laughs> off the top of my head. They have all kinds of questions. Yeah, a job form that they health form that they need help filling out, or a phone call they need to need someone to help them make in English and things like that. So right, we're regularly some of those mailings you can tell them right away. This just is not exactly, important at all. Exactly, exactly. And some of those things look really scary when you get them, and you're not sure you understand it. it looks threatening. So having I call it a cultural broker. Having a cultural broker that can say, "Oh no, this is just advertising. Throw it away." Or I had a student come in recently with a um, parent-teacher conference form, and she thought her kid was in trouble. And so one of my volunteers was saying, no, 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 you fill it out, and then you go in explaining just our cultural norms to them. Right. Yeah. Well, some of these mailings, even though for the content of it, you might say, this is not important for you, discard it, though it would serve for practicing their English. <laughs> it's true. We you can know? practice English. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and starting to get a handle on what's genuine for them and what's not, mm-hmm. and what, what's important and stuff. Do they get a lot of mail from the old country, let's say, from family who were left uh, behind? Well, now with the way technology is, a lot more of their communication is through WhatsApp and things like that than right. old snail mail. Okay. And they would do that in their native language, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. My guests this evening on Lehigh Valley Discourse Perspectives are two ladies who work with refugees here in the Lehigh Valley. Jessica Entwistle from the Refugee Community Center, she's the director, and Kate Woodward, who is resettlement director from Bethany Christian Services. Both of these organizations are in Allentown. And they're working with refugees from many different countries. I think Kate mentioned about a dozen just right off the cuff without mm-hmm. any notes. <laughs> so there are many folks looking for stability in life. How could we put it that way? Mm-hmm. It's time for us to take a break now. Our engineer is Sarit Lashinsky, who is giving me the high sign, time for a break. Stay with us, dear listeners. We'll be back in just a moment. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100 extension 4 or WDIY.org. We couldn't be here without you. Celtic Fair, a celebration of Celtic music and culture, from its roots in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Brittany, and Galicia, to its branches in Australia, Cape Breton, Canada, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, and the Lehigh Valley. Music, interviews, and a weekly culture calendar, every Thursday from 7 to 9, here on WDIY. And we are back here on Perspectives. John Pierce, your host, and Sarit Lashinsky, our engineer this evening, talking about refugees. We started off by asking what's the difference between a refugee and an immigrant because I was fuzzy on that. And Kate, you told us that there are actually legal definitions of these different categories. And so we've been talking about refugees because Kate is the resettlement director from Bethany Christian Services, and Jessica Entwistle is the director of the Refugee Community Center. Refugee is actually in the title of your community center on Turner Street in Allentown. We've been talking about refugees in the Lehigh Valley. Let's broaden it and go international. 
Kate, what can we say about refugees in 2023 and the international scene? Well, right about now, there are 90 million refugees worldwide. That is two and a half times the size of the population of Canada. 50% of those refugees are children. This is a global crisis. Jessica touched on this before, but the difference between a refugee and an immigrant is choice. A refugee has or a parolee has no choice but to escape religious persecution, war, climate disaster, political unrest, and ends up in a second country where they may or may not be allowed to stay. They are designated a refugee, for example, by the United Nations High Commission on Refugees. And that begins the process, for example, of someone or a refugee coming to the United States. Less than 1% of the applicants to the UNHCR ever make it to refugee status and move on to the final destination. And they go through an extensive vetting process. Refugees that come to the United States are the most vetted travelers you could possibly imagine. Mm. Um, They go through so many physical, psychological tests, interviews with many layers of government, including Homeland Security, the United States Citizen and Immigration Service. Do all these steps and hoops that they have to jump through take place normally outside the U.S. before they arrive here? Yes, they do. Uh, They take place before they come to the United States, including uh, medical checkups. We have very thick medical histories on people. And then eventually overseas, based on a variety of factors and in consultation with the United States State Department, They are assigned to large resettlement agencies in the United States who work with affiliates to place them in different communities in the United States. What's the difference between a refugee and a parolee? Hmm. A refugee has what we call a pathway to citizenship. A refugee can see down the road that they will be able to get a green card and eventually in so many years have citizenship. A parolee is in this country for up to two years. They can get work authorization papers, a social security card, have benefits such as Medicaid, food stamps, but their time in the United States is very limited. So I used that example of the Afghan parolees. Many of those Afghans assisted U.S armed forces in Afghanistan in the war effort, yet they still only got parolee status. And that's why so many veterans groups are upset that they're facing this return to Afghanistan and the Taliban rule. So if you're interested in this, do please speak to your congressperson. There's a there's a bill before Congress called the Afghan Adjustment Act that needs to be passed to allow a 
permanent path of citizenship for these people because right now they're here on a temporary status, which you can imagine they were kind of ripped out of their country very quickly for their safety, which was quite traumatic. And now they're here and their time is about to expire and there's no certainty about what will be next, which also adds to their trauma and makes adjustment hard. Are these folks in this period of two-year maximum to be here in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. And they're ending that two-year period now. Uh, Bethany, for example, has lawyers frantically working on something called TPS, which is temporary protective status, or on asylum claims. Asylum claims are notoriously backed up for two years. We're doing things to, um, because Congress has not make, made a move on this proposed act, we're doing whatever we can to keep these people in country. Some of them had children here. Many of them have really thrived uh, through their employment, become solid members of their communities and their mosques, and they don't want to leave. They love the United States. So and it's not safe for many of them to leave because yeah. they did aid the U.S. government in the war in Afghanistan. So returning to home is just not it's not viable. It's safe for them. Yeah, right. It's a good point. You mentioned how they're hard workers most of them, and that they are contributing to their communities. Mm -hmm. So how would you define that? What are they bringing to their So in general, so you can imagine, uh, like Kate was explaining, like we were talking about if someone leaves the war in Ukraine, ends up in Poland, goes through this whole multi-year process to get refugee status. This takes a lot of resilience, a lot of determination, a lot of perseverance. And The people that are able to escape situations of war or crisis or famine are in general people of high education and good resources. And because unfortunately, people who are living impoverished or without opportunity are not able to escape, they're left in those situations. And then we're talking about the top 1% of the refugees that were able to escape. Those are the people that are coming to the U.S. So in general, they're highly resilient. They've been through tremendous hardship and endured it. They're driven and they want to make a new home because they've been waiting and persevering and doing all this work to do that. So that is true. We see that all the time with the populations we're welcoming. Immediately we see that. But then there's organizations like the New American Economy studied refugee populations and said that they have found that they are faster earning, uh, finding their own companies, earning citizenship, buying their own homes. They do this at notably higher rates than their immigrant counterparts. So they do And, you know, we witness that regularly, that lots of these cases are very anxious to get to work. And we're talking about, like, doctors and pharmacists and teachers taking jobs at a meatpacking factory or at Amazon or um, at Lehigh Valley Health Network cleaning hospital rooms because they're determined to work and to buy a home and to get their kids settled and in school and make this their new home. It's beautiful to watch, really, I think. (laughs) Refugees have a higher rate of opening their own businesses. They have higher rates of completing higher education than U.S.-born citizens. Um, the taxes. Say, say, say that one again. They have higher rates of completing higher education than U.S.-born citizens. Wow. Yeah. The benefits paid out to support refugee groups or individuals are paid back. billion more than were taken to support them when they arrived here. 
That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It is. $21 billion. Mm -hmm. Now, one question that I have that we haven't broached, and that is I think when people think of refugees or immigrants or just people coming into our country from we think about our southern border. So how would you describe folks who are coming basically from Central America, coming through Mexico, and then coming across to the U.S.? What legal category would they be in, Kate? That's a different designation by the U.S. government. We are frequently getting refugees from El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, and they have applied for refugee status. This is a new program that was introduced by the Biden administration. Because of the violence in these countries, people have been seeking political asylum. They come here first under refugee status, and there's under the designation refugee status, it lists physical harm as one of the things people face. And I can tell you from experience in working with these families, they have had terrible, unimaginable horrors happen to them due to gang violence in some of these countries. Bethany itself does not work with people who cross the border and are with uh, border control. So all these different ways that people come into our country, mm -hmm. and you are dealing only with people who have come in legally in these two organizations here in the Lehigh Valley? Or do you have some undocumented folks? We have had some Ukrainians who have arrived by going through Mexico. However, Ukrainians have a separate legal designation under the program Uniting for Ukraine. Is that due to the war? Yes, but the State Department has laid out separate designations for them in recognizing their legal status. How can some of our listeners learn more? How can they help here in the Lehigh Valley? Do you need volunteers at all times? Yes, we will always use volunteers. And there are good resources online at UNHCR, which is the UN High Commission for Refugees, where people can read more about the refugee problem worldwide. And IRC, the International Rescue Commission, is also a really good resource about statistics and just what's going on and the different crises people are facing. But yes, we can always use volunteers. So can Bethany doing carpools and rides, taking people to appointments, teaching ESL, helping with children, things like that. So they could reach out to either of us on our respective websites and we can plug them in to helping out. We also will take donations, Bethany will, and so will the Refugee Center. Again, I said episcopalmediator.org backslash refugee is our website, and you can find information on there. And what's the website for Bethany Christian Services? Well, I was going to add, um, we find housing for the refugees and parolees that come to us, various sizes of families, but we are in desperate need of twin sheets and twin comforters, full sheets and full comforters and pillows. Yeah. And you can reach me directly at kwoodward at bethany.org. We would be so thankful for that. Our offices are in Allentown. If you are part of a community group or faith organization, 
and think you could muster up a bunch of people to donate some twin sheets and twin comforters or pillows or full sheets and full comforters, that would be fantastic. Very good. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Well, uh, let's just mention once more that World Refugee Day is coming up on June 20th. There will be celebrations. We will Mm -hmm. see it in the news Mm -hmm. and hear about it. So if we wanted to go to one of the two organizations that you represent, there will be... We'll both be there. Celebrations. Yes. Yep. On June 20th. Right by West Park. So Jessica Entwistle, Director, Refugee Community Center, and Kate Woodward, Resettlement Director from Bethany Christian Services, thank you so much for being my guests this evening thank on you. Perspectives. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Nice to meet both of you. You too. Now, dear listeners, thanks for tuning in. And until we meet again, remember to be gentle with your neighbor. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.